Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Billy Jean from Billy Jean is Marketing. And if you want to learn how to be memorable in your relationships, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast, damn it, with the homie Travis Chapel. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. I am totally amped for the show today. This dude has been on my radar for a while now. I mean, he is the king of video advertising, really. He just cranks out awesome content on the daily. And if you haven't heard of him, all you got to do is visit his site once and you'll start to see his creative one of a kind video ads all over your feed and you'll get to know him really quickly that way. <laughs> yes, I am talking about Billy Jean. He is not only running a multi-million dollar ad agency, but he is revolutionizing education by teaching entrepreneurial skills that you just can't learn in school. Billy and I talk about why his parents were upset with him for a while. I mean, we talk about him starting his first business and what he learned from that experience. And we even talk about how he's planning on raising his daughter in the crazy world that we live in. So lots, lots, lots of great stuff here. But first, if we haven't already hopped on a quick phone call, please Let's do that. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you better. I have a show called Build Your Network because I love to get to know people. So just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash FB to join my Facebook group. And in the pinned welcome post at the top, there's a link to schedule a phone call. Would love to get to know you better. And now buckle up and get ready. Here's Billy Jean. 
Billy, super stoked to be here with you, my man. Why don't you start off by telling us what you are most excited about right now? One, the intro, I love it. It's almost like I wrote it or something. (laughs) (laughs) You told Uh, me that you didn't write that. (laughs) Love it, man. Well, one, thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for having me on. What I'm most excited about right now is the studio that we're building out. And so I'm really big in education, like Mm -hmm. you were just saying, and Everything right now we've been teaching online. So we have this thing called Billie Jean's Gene Pool. It's 109 bucks a month, and we're coming up on 5,000 members. And it's all been 100% online. I broadcast from our studio that you're in right now with, like, four cameras on me. But it's just upstairs. It's just here, Mm -hmm. which is okay. But we're building this world-class theater, 28 seats. It's going to feel like a luxury movie theater, like, with, like, the big recliner seats and all that. And the whole idea is just to bring in the most talented athletes musicians and entrepreneurs to talk about the business side of things. So it's like this blend. So just have like the biggest influencers in the world coming up here and talking about how they really made it. The shit you'd never hear in an interview because I always talk about like the corny, like, you know what I mean? Like the actual tacticals, like, dude, how'd that contract go? What happened? Mm -hmm. What went down? How'd you get it? You know what I mean? So I'm really excited to to build it. Do you feel like you're passionate about that because you feel like education kind of failed you or? Yes, education the only reason why I'm, I'm hesitating is I don't like that statement because it's like, it's my job to take advantage of the education, not the education <clears throat> side to take care of me. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a lack of accountability when you say it that way. Now, having said that, if I knew what I knew about the college experience, I would refuse to let my parents go $200,000 of debt mm. into sending me to the University of San Diego. Because there were very little transferable skills that I actually received mm. from there that I paid for. When you think about that, it breaks down to like three thousand to four thousand dollars a class. Yeah, so crazy. when I'm taking a class on art history that are required, like these classes are required, yeah. like some of the classes are a joke, but those first two years are like All your not, pre-rec. None in, yeah. your prereq that is a bona fide <laughs> genuine legal scam. Yeah. It, totally. It's the biggest legal scam in the world. Like, dude, I'm coming for a business degree so I can start a business. Mm. Shouldn't I be shadowing somebody who owns a yoga studio if I exactly. want to open a yoga shadowing. studio? Shadowing, that's a good word. Like, yeah, apprenticeship. Like, well, yeah, for... vocational schools were like a thing, and it kind of yeah. went away to this like theater and arts. Shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. So, you know, like there needs to be a class called How to Get Your First Customer. Right, right. And there's not. Yeah, well, that's because yeah. who's teaching the classes? Penises? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People who haven't like gone out there exactly. and, you know, actually ran a business. Because if they did, they probably wouldn't be taking the, you know, exactly. $70,000 salary or whatever it is yep. to be teaching at the university because they have a successful. So what you're saying there is exactly like the vision with the gene pool. Mm-hmm. It's to get the entrepreneurs to teach the small business owners how to really get it done. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. So let's take kind of like a, a step back, go bird's eye view here. Walk us through childhood, Billy, like what you like to do, sports, academics, yeah. what you wanted to do then. Bring us through, like, what did you go to college for? And then when did you start realizing, like, oh, this is not going to work out? Childhood Billy. I went to private Catholic school my whole life. Yes. So I had, like, (laughs) did you go to the same shit? I went to uh, private Baptist school. Okay. So you know the game. I had, like, like one to 28 kids in my class, max, on each grade level. Yeah. All boys, private Catholic school for high school. I was forced into network with, I would say the middle class was our thing, Mm -hmm. but that's not how our family was raised. So okay. my parents were both grew up on welfare and it was going to grandma's house was a lot different than like going to school. Okay. So I got to see two very different worlds. Like cultures. Yeah. Cultures, worlds, 
expectations, communication styles. Yeah. Like, I think it was the best thing that's ever happened to me, though. It's given me my perspective now. Probably why I'm so passionate about education, because I saw the gap between the people that have and don't is what they know. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So coming into high school and then into college, what did you go to college for? I um, went to college for business administration. Okay. So I always to, wanted to do something in business. Yeah, I always knew I wanted to do something in business, but like, I didn't really know what that meant. I just, right. you know, like, you know, I see Diddy. I want to make money. I see Diddy yeah, dancing around exactly. on stage, like having businesses, you know, right, you see the right. ball players and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, you just, you don't really, you don't know. You're just in business. I didn't, it's not like I knew any business owners. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like growing up, I always knew salespeople. Right. And, you know, sales is kind of close to entrepreneurial. The closest that you can get. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think right. that was kind of my thing, you know. But then, uh, like, when I sold cars, I sold cars in between semesters. Okay. So, like, college would come, and I'd go through the year, and then I'd sell cars to make money to support myself during the year. And I just remember seeing the lifestyle that the salesman had. And my dad was sold cars forever, like 20, 30 years. The lifestyle versus the lifestyle that the owners had. Hmm. Owners come in every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they leave at their reasonable hours. Right. They got their demo cars and they're freaking living up in Rancho Santa Fe, balling like And I was just like, nah. And then I went to, you know, University of San Diego and I was in a fraternity and I was in a fraternity with some stupid, dumb, rich kids, like yeah, yeah. rich as f- I saw their lives and what right. they're doing. I'm like, you know what? Can I choose that thing? Yeah. You know, so it was like. Just getting exposed to stuff is what taught me. But I always say, like, that's my advantage. A lot of people live their lives and they never get that opportunity because they don't even know it exists. Right. Like a lot of people, you know, just like, why don't people just pull up their own bootstraps? You hear that saying, like, well, you could just fucking do it yourself, man. Like when you don't see anybody who looks like you being successful in a certain way or anybody that you know in your entire network that's mm-hmm. successful in a certain right. way, it's extremely difficult. I don't want to say impossible because nothing's impossible. It's extremely difficult to become successful. So everybody... To break ag- the cycle. Yeah, to break the cycle. Yeah, Everyone totally. agrees with you are the average of the five people you hang out with most, right? And that's mm-hmm. like the, the comments that you hear it all the time. Yep. But when I went to University of San Diego, the common average was like, even the people who were like, I came from nothing, it was like, dude, your uncle like, is the manager at a store. Like, your other person does sales. Your second cousin is a lawyer, a doctor. This person is an accountant. This person's a CPA. Right. But you didn't have anything. I'm like, let me show you what the other average looks like. Mm -hmm. Prison. Right. No parents. No supervision. Drug dealers. Right. Drug users. You're going to tell me that's the same playing ground? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? But they really believe, like, this side really believes that they came from nothing. That's because that's their only perspective. Exactly. So I have perspective tattooed on my wrist. And that's why I laugh at Envision uh, tattooed on my wrist too. That's why I laugh because you have both sides who kind of have this disdain for each other. Right. They're like, you're lazy. They're like, you had everything. Right. And there's truth to both sides, but both people are just living their best lives according to what they came with. Right. So it's to break that communication, open that up is another passion of mine is to help people see the other side. Do you feel like you had negative views or negative mindset on money from the way that you grew up as far as like having it and if it was okay and was it like oh the rich people they're like the greedy bad people and we're over here like was it ever well again i always came up on some balance so i heard both of those talks and they're very true like oh these just rich ass mother 
Let's just have this because their daddy had money or their mommy right. had money and da-da-da. There's this very uh, glass full of resentment mm -hmm. there. And then I definitely heard conversations like, you know, I'd walk into class and see this girl crying because she lost her shades. And I'm like, it hit me. I like, I see these waves like an out-of-body experience. I'll never forget. Her name was fucking Renee. I know her last name too. I won't say it. But I just walk in and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, I'm not making And I just, I honestly, my first reaction wanted to be like, shut the fuck up. Like I had no empathy for it. And then it killed me because then our two girlfriends like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, what? Are you, what is happening right now? What is going on? And then I had to take the step back and like, that's what she knows, right, you know, exactly, like right. that's, and then you go into the thing, it's like, at what point do people start need to take accountability and, but like, nobody's willing to learn the other perspective. So I, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a whole different topic, but yeah, man, I'm passionate about everything in between that. What do you feel? And this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I'm interested just because this is kind of how the conversation is yeah. going. What do you feel about putting yourself in areas of struggle on purpose for the sake of making it's, yourself better? I put it this way. I got a two and a half year old daughter. She's her commute to where we go. I took her to a birthday party yesterday mm. and she rolled up in her Bentley <laughs> <laughs> and going to a party with the family is extremely wealthy. Right. So there's, there's jumpers, there's a fire truck. That's actually a pizza right. delivery with the toys on it. There's like, it's the five star <laughs> kid parties <laughs> and she's growing up with the standard. Yeah. And I'm like, man, my daughter's gonna be a little and I'm like, obviously, I'm not going to let that happen. Right. But what you're saying is, like, putting in these experiences is super important. Yeah. Super important to, like, make sure she experiences an experience, you know, other side of things. Like I said in the beginning, I said I felt like my blessing was the fact that I had these two very different worlds. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to float in both right. and bring perspective to both. My daughter does not have that right now. So I'm excited to, you know, I'm going to make her be like a slave in a foreign country for a little bit or something. <laughs> to, like, I, I don't know. I got to get creative with this. Because yeah. her shit is very not normal. Yeah. Fucking right. Top down with a Ferrari. Right. <laughs> you know, so I got to instill right. some extra. Right. It's funny. Know. I was talking to, uh, do you know Yoast Jansen? He's a Navy I, I, SEAL. Yeah. I've heard the name. I don't know. Yeah. I had but. him on my show recently. And I was talking to him about kind of that same thing. Because obviously he's does everything in his life was like born out of some sort of struggle. Yeah. So I was talking to him about it. And I asked him that same question. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I do stuff with my kids every once in a while to, like, make sure that they're still on that mindset of, like, struggling is okay. And mm -hmm. that's where the beauty in life comes and stuff. And I was like, well, what's an example? And I, I was expecting, you know, like, oh, we're going to go run a half marathon together or yeah. something like that, you know. And he goes, well, we decided as a family that we're going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And I was <laughs> what like, that is? what are you talking about, man? It's literally a trail that goes from Mexico all the way to Canada. <laughs> the whole United States, the whole it. West United States. It's like 2,700 miles or something. And I love him it. and his like two sons that are like 10 and 11 and his wife are like hiking. They'll do like three days at a time. I love just it. like hiking. He was like, we got caught in a blizzard one time. And my sons were like totally, I felt like they were being tortured the whole time, but he was like, no, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, I mean? that's dope. And I was like, wow, that, and, and I'm that with shattered it. what I was thinking of struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, it's, and it's a double-edged sword, right? It's like, I want her to have these great experiences, but yeah, I also totally, too totally. want her to never feel bad about what she was blessed with, yeah, you know? Right. And I'm a big believer in social responsibility. It's Kaya, I don't give a f what you do in life, but I will tell you this, you need to, you are required to, you have a duty, you have an obligation to be extremely good at it and be able to create help a lot of people as a result of it. It doesn't have to be business, but she has a f huge, like if she yeah. told me she like just wants to be a hippie and travel the world, 
I'd say, fuck you. <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of people are like, go, like, just go travel. No, no, no. You have, you have work to do. Look at all the resources that you're coming into the world with. You absolutely, under no circumstance, will spend your time fucking around. Yeah. She can have moments of that, but she mm-hmm. will build something. Yeah. You know, build yeah. something incredible at a very young age, you know? Yeah. Really so, cool, man. Really yeah. cool. So getting a little bit back here on topic, what did you do around the time that you were like, okay, college was done. Did you graduate? Did you get your I did. I didn't finish my last class. Okay. So I, I had graduation and ceremony. <laughs> yeah, I basically did, <laughs> yeah. but I did it. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. So after that happens, what do you do from there? I, part of the reason why I didn't too is because I had this business where I was going to become a billionaire. Obviously, it was. I had a mobile oil change company. I thought you were going to say it was an MLM or something. No, no, yeah, well, that's, that's usually the same. Let me show route, you right? this opportunity, man. Yeah, mine was when I, I just saw like the mobile car washes taking over. My uncle had one whose son works today, but my uncle had one. And I was like, dude, this mobile car wash thing is great. Like, I don't have to leave. You'll come wash my car. Like, this is easy. What's another service? Oil changes. No one wants to go get their oil changed. Everybody needs it. Let's just go mobile with it. So I started one and I really thought it was going to be the end all, but I learned the most cliche business lesson of all time, but the realest, and that's you should never do a business that you don't love. Mm-hmm. I hated cars. I still don't give a fuck about cars, like besides just to drive them and like be right. a douche. But like, I don't like <laughs> building cars. I don't like mechanics. I don't like changing oil. Every day I can put on my coveralls and I was out in these streets changing fucking oil, right. filling up oil tanks, going to the oil bin, recycling oil. Like we had like, it's so much salon. We didn't have any customers. It was just that I was just slapped in the face. I thought because I went to business school, I was like obviously qualified to run a business. Yeah. And it was just the biggest wake up call ever of how that's what I said when like nothing was transferable. I went through it. Yeah. I was the guy who had the arrogance that I could just build stuff. And I was just like, like you don't understand. You, business degree you, kind of yeah it was and it's insane yeah. it's like oh what i don't i don't care about this degree you'll speak of it was crazy yeah. so from there like you're in your early 20s then at that yeah. point right 21 21 so mm-hmm. how long did it take you to realize that this is not going to work and then what did you do well, what happened that? is i had two partners i had my cousin who did love cars right i was supposed to be like the sales guy ryan was supposed to be like the accountant back office guy we did have our, like our three like skill sets mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you learn business in a business school. When you're in a business school, they almost teach business like from a, a Fortune 500 perspective. Hmm. And it's almost like the lessons that you learn start when a company has a million or five million in revenue. Right. right. And so on paper, you do need all those things. You need a sales team. You need an accountant back office. You need someone to do the operations, et cetera. So fast forward, that's great. But what business school didn't teach you is the first hundred dollars, right. the first thousand bucks, five thousand bucks, ten thousand. <laughs> and maybe they didn't because a lot of people had that money already. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it was just crazy because it was like, wait, what do we actually do? Yeah, exactly. And then you, it's even little things like the research, like, oh, sh- we're going to start an LLC. Okay, then we probably need <laughs> this paperwork. That was Google. Right. There was no class to refer back to notes. Right. Like, it was not real, dude. Exactly. What I tell people when they ask me, like, hey, bro, should I go to business school? Like, well, do you want to be an employee for the rest of your life? Because yeah. business school is probably pretty good for that. Like, if yeah. you want to go work as, like, an accountant or, like, work as a marketing assistant yeah. at a big business, then that might be something yeah, that's beneficial be for, you. for it. You know what I mean? But if you're going to start your own business then you need to go get around people who have yeah. started their own business. 100%. And like 100%. learn from them directly. Have real life yeah. experience. Or they want to be a lawyer point. doctor. You want to be a lawyer doctor, go to school. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. right. Something like that. Any sort of special specialty trade or, mm-hmm. or something like that. So when along this line, you were you like living on your own at this point? Just moved back in with uh, mom and dad? Well, or? 
about that. When my parents found out I didn't graduate, they definitely didn't talk to me for a year and a half. <laughs> you gotta understand, I was the first one in my family to go to college. Okay. Yet alone a good school. Yet alone, like it was like the city, the fam was writing for me. They right, were like, right. oh, like he's the one who made it. Right. Because right. from their educational standpoint, making it was getting a degree mm. from a good university mm. and getting a job, right? They don't know anything else. So when I did that, it was like they were devastated. It was devastation turned into rage. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And which turned into numbness, and we didn't have a relationship for a long time. And during that time, my partner in the oil change company, his mother opened up her home, and I was staying there. Hmm. So, you know, that's when, like, I realized, like, I ain't got this lifeline no more, you know, because my parents were always there for me. I got very lucky and blessed to bail me out. I didn't have a lifeline no more. Right. And I didn't have any income either. And now I was a dole have my own stuff. I didn't have a dorm room or nothing. Like, you know, you didn't have those things. So I'm like, oh, shit, it's go time. Right. And then that was kind of a like combination of staying at his mom's house, which was, you know, it was always, it was super nice of her, but it, I always felt uneasy because I was like, Staying at somebody, you know, right. you're staying at yeah, your boy's mom's totally. house. And, you know, the business wasn't going anything. I picked up another job, which is at 24-hour fitness, checking in people okay. so that I can run the business. So it was living at my boy's mom's house, working at the gym down the street at nighttime and during the day trying to figure out this oil change thing. Then both my partners did their own thing. They left. Mm-hmm. So now it was just me yeah. doing all the oil changing, all the selling, all the f- checking in people at 24-hour fitness, still no money. And now I'm kind of like at my boy's mom's house too long. At this yeah. point, he's not working there. How old are you at this point? 22, probably, okay. in this range. And, you know, then I'm, I'm living at my cousin's who had kind of had a place on the street. He let me stay there. And then it was like my boy Brandon's, his parents were out of town. And it was just like rotating. So if you looked at my car, I had a Honda Accord. And I'm not kidding. Every single little inch of space in there was used for, like, clothes and, like, just my stuff to, like, you know. Right. So you'd be mobile. So I'd be mobile, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But the biggest thing I want to point out about this is I share the story a lot of people like to change the story into poor me. I never lived in that world. I was always having just as much fun, mm-hmm. talking just as much, being happy. I was hungry. I was uncomfortable with my situation. But like, it was not a poor me. It right. was like, nah, this is, I'm paying my dues. Yeah. Paying my dues I'm going through. So if you're on your struggle, I don't feel bad for you. Mm. I don't, the world doesn't feel bad for you. No one feels bad for you. Fuck you. Yeah. Get over it. It's like, my bad is like, oh, oh no, I have to have stuff in my car. I had a fucking car. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. oh no, I stayed at my friend's house. His parents were balling. Yep. I had to fucking stay in a dope place. Like, come on. You know, so no poor me. No yeah. poor me. It's funny. I was just having a conversation with Kevin Devana yesterday with mm-hmm. my wife, who in college, basically, she would just live on like bags of potatoes for like yeah. two weeks because she was like putting herself through school, yeah. working full time. And she would just like literally find different ways to make potatoes, but it was super <laughs> cheap to buy a bag of potatoes. So she would just do that. And when so I, she probably has every potato recipe. Yeah, again. <laughs> she cool. makes some bomb potatoes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but when she talks about it now, like she literally told me that yesterday, she was like, like I don't really look back on that and think like, oh, poor me or anything. Like exactly. I just, like that's just what I had to do at the time. So I, I just did it. And like mm-hmm. you go throughout life, you have fun. Like everything's okay. Like just, she's like, a winner. A, a season of t- of life. You exactly. Know, that you just got to go through. So. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people 
even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So then what do you think is the biggest differentiator between you and somebody who was in a position like you were yeah. that stays in that position? Confidence. It's the secret weapon. I'm going to go in on this. If you ever watch interviews of the best, you know, athletes or entrepreneurs in the world, these fucks are confidence yeah. to the point where people will call you crazy mm. and delusional. And like, you know, I mean, look at like Ali. And if you look at like even Floyd Mayweather, people are like, ah, oh, he talks with, he talks so much arrogance. It's a Connor, yeah. But the thing is, if you actually watch his actions, at the end of every fight, he's the first person to compliment, give yep. mad love to his yep. competitors, always speaks of them in the highest degree, always. But he's entertaining and he's just confident. And you have to be confident because you get to this point where nobody will believe in you. Right. Because they've never accomplished it for themselves. And they're not. They just don't know any better. So they're just going off what they know. But please stop looking for resolve or this, like, support layer from your significant other, from your parent. Because their journey is different than yours. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they don't understand it. And when you run into an issue, which you will run into many, and they will never stop at any point in your career, it's confidence is the only thing that gets you through. And the way that you get confidence is from results. And the way that you get results and whatever your product or service is, is from practice. You got to practice. So like the one thing I always had extreme confidence in is my ability to sell. Hmm. And so I always just kept betting on me because I'm like, I can sell my way out of the situation. Yeah. So I always had my thing, you know, and I got get it sales from practice. I had sales jobs. Like I said, I sold cars. I fucking sold t-shirts. I, I sold everything. Yep. So you confident, you gross belief in yourself, yeah. right? Now, don't be arrogant and think you can know everything. Yeah, yeah. Because that will put you into a hole that's darker than not having any confidence. Mm. Don't think you know, but like be confident enough to seek out help from somebody who really does have the blueprint. Mm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's that balance, but confidence is fucking everything. Confident enough to know that you can do it, mm -hmm. but still like knowing that you need help. Yeah, confident enough yeah. to know that you can do it, but not arrogant enough to know that you know the best way to right, do it. Right, right. Right. Or that you don't need anybody's help or yeah, anybody's guidance. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. how you stay broke. Now you forever. cross the line into yeah. being broke. Yeah, exactly. Besides practice, what's another way that you can like actively grow your confidence level? Like, do you think it comes naturally, like more naturally to some people? Yeah, sure it does. And I do. You know, if we're going to go a little deeper into it, 
I do think a lot of it has to come with your upbringing. Sure. You know, if you had people around you in your life supporting you saying like, you go you. And even wins, like I got lucky in a sense of, you know, I always played sports. Like I was always on ASB. I was always like talking to girls and stuff, you know? So like the reason why I'm bringing this up is because those micro wins gave me confidence. Yeah. Being able to have a date to all the dances, that gave me confidence. Mm-hmm. Being able to go out for the team and then be a starter and like, you know, that gave me confidence. Passing a test and doing decent on it without studying, even though it was mm-hmm. stupid, gave me confidence, right? All these things give you confidence in life and you carry that confidence with you. So everyone has something in life where you can get micro wins. And those micro wins, you got to feed off of those and allow that to kind of fill you so you can get bigger wins and that be your confidence. So confidence is transferable. So even if you don't have one confidence in one area, you may have it in something else and at least give you some kind of base or foundation. Yeah, that's the big thing is that confidence is transferable. Because it was the same thing for me when I started my show is I had literally no idea how to do any of this. Like yeah. totally brand new to online marketing, totally brand new to podcasting, to interviewing, everything totally brand new. And like yeah. I told you, I went out and seeked out the best person that I could possibly find, which was John Lee Dumas on yeah. how to do it better, like how to podcast better. Uh, yeah. But all I knew was that, so I have a background in door-to-door sales. So similar to you, like sales was my thing. Yeah. Like I knew that I could sell myself out of a situation. So like I just did door-to-door for multiple years, like five, six years. So you talk about experiences, like for my daughter, like what am I going to do? She will do door-to-door sales. Uh, to me, it's the, probably the greatest skill set someone can have. <laughs> like, I love the fact you did that. Like, yeah. you know, if someone to- came in this office and said, hey, I did door-to-door sales, I'd be like, cool, I can teach you anything. Yeah. Because you're <laughs> right. fearless, you right. know? Exactly, exactly. And it, and it teaches you to, you know, have thick skin and overcome rejection, all that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing for me was, like, looking back on that and being like, okay, most people quit door-to-door within 60 days. Like, a lot of people try it. Yeah. A lot of people try it. Just like network marketing, MLMs, like, a lot yeah. of people try it. Most people quit within 60 days, never make a penny, and then they just talk crap about how horrible it is. Yeah. So Don't hang out with them. Yeah, exactly. So looking back on that and being like, okay, I've made multiple six figures in door-to-door sales with something that nobody, like 1% maybe of door-to-door salespeople have done. Looking back on that and then being like, okay, now I'm starting a podcast, which is completely different territory. Mm -hmm. Like my sales ability has little to do with like how I do my podcast. Now getting guests on the show, obviously like different phrasing and language and stuff has helped me to be able to, you know, land good guests and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's completely brand new territory. But exactly what you're saying is like looking back on that and being like, okay, if I can do that, where most people don't do it, most Mm. people give up on it. Most people like haven't really figured it out. Like if I can do that, then I know I can do this. I just got to look how, like look at the blueprint to how I did that, which was oh, I went around people who were making like seven figures door to door and hung around those guys. And then that's how I got to the point where that I is, man. And then, so it was like, okay, I'll just do the same thing with podcasting. And now it's like, go hang out with John Lee Dumas, seven figure podcaster, learn from him, listen to him, do whatever I can to get around him. Like I told you, volunteering to like work yeah. his booth. I paid for my own, you were willing. I paid for my own travel. You were willing. You know I'd I mean? be like, very willing. Volunteered, did everything. But exactly what you're saying. I love that so much because confidence I wholeheartedly agree. And willingness to go to the bottom agree. again. Like you were at the top of something and you said, I'm going to start at the bottom. Fresh. That right there to me says everything about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the confidence thing. I wholeheartedly agree with that. There's such a lack of confidence. It's like an epidemic, honestly. Yeah. A lot of negative self-talk. Well, and a lot of it, I mean, people don't have confidence because you see it a lot in the marketing world right now. Everybody thinks they're a marketer and they lack the confidence though because they think they're a marketer because they bought one course for 500 bucks that they went through in like two days. <laughs> yeah. 
And so now they're a marketer, but right. they have no real confidence because right. you never work with a f***ing company. Come right. on, right. you know? <laughs> so, like, some people got to be realistic with themselves. Of, sometimes it could take a while to build confidence with something. Mm-hmm. Good. It should. Yeah. Right? Like, right. that's what makes your confidence real. Yeah. Totally. I honestly, I could talk about building confidence for a long time because it's something I'm really passionate about mm-hmm. trying to instill in people, yeah. trying to get people to like really believe in themselves because that's really the only difference, right? It's yeah. really the only difference between people who make it and people who don't make it is like that person believes in themselves, you don't. Yeah. Like the With only the difference between you, to each. Yeah, and take action, mm-hmm. right? Because some people, I think that's another thing that makes somebody that takes somebody who's really confident and makes turns them into just being arrogant and like broke yeah. is the fact that they never take action. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could totally do that. If I started a podcast, <laughs> like it would be top 10, be top 10. You know, would like, be. If I played football, like, you know, like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, throwing footballs at his, like, yeah. video camera in his front yard. Like, you, Those people you, you never take any action. Yeah. You never take any action, then stop talking, bro. Bro, <laughs> they go, bro it's, it's not that hard. Are you kidding me? I could talk. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know, don't uh, fucking, no. don't take advice from people who don't have the result. Don't take show. advice from people who you wouldn't want to trade places with. That's another yeah. thing that really, really gets me sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to somebody and I'll tell them something. I'll follow up with them later and then they don't do what I said. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, well, this other person said this. I'm like, but they already quit, man. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. there's a reason. I understand being open to everything because sometimes mm-hmm. you need outside perspectives to like help you to be able well, to like, formulate an opinion. But yeah, it's people like having the excuse. If they're going to quit, they want to feel good about their reason to yes. do so. So they lie to themselves about yes. the truth. Yep. Love it, man. Well, let's go ahead and take a clear shift here and talk a little bit about networking. This is okay. Build Network Podcast. We talk about networking a lot, how to build relationships the right way, something that you're really incredible at, something that I really respect about you, and one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on the show. So this is the question I ask everybody that ever comes on to get this conversation headed in the right direction. Yeah. So do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? I genuinely believe from the bottom of my heart, you got to have both. Hmm. I think they both serve a purpose. So, for example, with networking with me is I'm very, like, independent and, like, our company, we, like, kind of stay ourselves. We didn't really team up or meet up with too many people for a long time. And part of the reason was for that is because I didn't feel like I had something to bring to the table. Hmm. So, for example, like, everybody, like, if someone can network, right, they may say things like, I want to network with Tony Robbins, right, who would be considered world-class, maybe the, one of the top entrepreneurs right now that's Mm -hmm. out there but if i asked them if you were sitting with tony robbins how could you help him they'd probably be like quiet well i couldn't i just you know i i want him to help me and it makes it all about you and that's never worked for any networking situation so make sure you come to the table and you got your thing so my thing is that i can make videos that's self Mm -hmm. and i can do it on social media i can do it better than almost anyone in the world most people in the world yeah and because of that if I was sitting across from Tony Robbins right here or whoever it is, or Damon John sat in that chair or this chair, I can sit there and I can feel great about myself because I know if he gave me any of his companies, I can fucking make more sales for them, leveraging this stuff, and I know it better than anyone on his team. Yeah. So even though he's got way more business knowledge in this, more money, mm-hmm. more TV time, all of these things, I got my thing that allows me to contribute, which makes networking way easier. Yeah. And secondly, I also have audience. I have reach. We have people. So when I go up to, you know, that other person and they want to promote their book, I have an audience to do that to. And if I tell people to buy a book, they will buy it. So again, just being aware that in order to make the big relationships you really want to connect with, you got to have something to bring to the table. Also too, 
Kevin O'Leary said this once, which is another shark, Shark Tank, my favorite shark. And Kevin O'Leary says, uh, someone asked him a question in the interview, like, how do you meet people like blank? Mm-hmm. You know, the Cubans and all this stuff. And he said, very simple, you pay them. People <laughs> go, wait, I don't understand. Like, I don't have any money to pay them. Yeah, that's the point. You haven't created enough value to even be able to afford them. So your chance of being able to sit at the table and eat with them is rare. And then at one point you get enough like audience and value to the point where it's a mutual exchange. So now when I meet most people, it's like, cool, I know what you do, I need to do. There's mutual respect there. Like, let's get together and money's not a discussion. But while I was getting things going, pay for someone to come. Because once people see that one person you're associated with, to attract the rest becomes way easier. So do not be afraid to pay for something. Are you kidding me? That's that the fact that you could afford to pay them says it all. Right. You know? Right. So it's all about the value exchange. Yeah. If you it's can't, a trade, it's trading. Yeah. You know? If you can't afford to pay, then you gotta figure out a different way to add value. It just makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's the difference though between the people who will connect with somebody and build a real relationship and the people who will run up to somebody at an event, shake their hand, take a selfie, and then post it on Instagram like they're best buds, but then the other person has no idea who they are. Exactly. Right? It's all about that positioning, which all stems from how much value you can add to somebody. Can you talk about like a couple ways when you don't pay? So like if you're not paying somebody for coaching, but you want to connect with them, can you talk about a couple different ways that you add value? So like, it's always going to be independent and subjective based on your skill set. So like for me, for example... Like uh, Rob Deerdeck is someone who I've always looked up to forever. Mm-hmm. You know, how would I leverage like getting in front of him when you reach these people and money is not even a motivator, even if you do have it. They right. give a- and so one thing that I would like offer is growth in his companies. He's got a big portfolio of businesses. One thing that I would probably offer is just, hey, I'll do your marketing for free. Yeah. Simple, because I know how to do that. Another thing that people are aware of our skill set is videos. We do a lot of videos and they're crazy. So, hey, I'll do a video for you for free. Mm-hmm. But listen, if someone, that only works because in our particular position, our ads have been seen a bunch of times. So if they weren't seen and I was just coming in the beginning trying to get in front of someone, instead of just saying, hey, I'll make you a video, I would just make the video. And I would send it to them yes. and say, here is a video for you. Yes. Do you like it? And then they don't reply, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make them another video yeah. you know if they don't answer that one i'm gonna make them another video he's gonna have 12 videos right. then finally you're gonna be like yo all these videos have been pretty tight one's gonna get to them yeah and they're gonna say oh cool can i pay you to do another video mm-hmm. and i say sure yeah you know what i mean <laughs> right. like so it's just right. just take shots guys like the other thing too is like don't be afraid of no's expect them yes i'm gonna you're gonna you will likely hear a no first that is when any true salesman will tell you when you hear the no is when the sell begins anything before that you're order taking order exactly you were selling yeah yeah yep, exactly if you didn't get a no you didn't work for that at all Mm-mm. like those are so i have a water business that's separate obviously from the podcast mm-hmm. and i have door-to-door sales reps that go out and sell uh, my water products yeah and that's one of the things i tell them I'm like look the difference between making forty-five thousand dollars a year and two hundred thousand dollars a year as a salesperson is being a closer like mm. the fact that if you can take no's then you can like go door-to-door and you can still make money it's just a numbers game at that yeah. point but you're going to be in that fifty, sixty thousand dollar range. But if you can go and then flip. learn how to flip those no's and turn them into the yes, now you can unlock like real income potential yeah. and make it happen that way. And now coming into the podcasting world, I've learned rejection on a whole new platform, bro. <laughs> because like door to door, like I don't care at all what like Joe Schmo says about right. it, right? Like Joe Schmo slams the door in my face, tells me to get the f off his porch. Like I don't care. Yeah, but. When I'm reaching out to like somebody that I like really respect and admire, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, hey man, would love to have you come on my show. Love to, 
You know, and they're like, no. <laughs> it's like, ah, that one hurt a little bit more. It, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to expect it. It's just part, it's literally just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of times, especially with people that you're trying to connect with, a lot of times it's like literally people take it so personally. Yeah. And it's not personal it's at all. never personal. Like, for instance, with you, how many people do you have like reaching out to you? Like on a weekly basis? I can count. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. literally. You can't yeah. count them. So. Yeah. People take it so personally. They're like, well, he talks about helping people, but he won't even respond to my message. Oh, my and God. It's like, I, we have so many of those. I'm just like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. I, uh, you know. Or people, too. We, what we get a lot of is people get mad that we don't take their money. You know, And I'm like, look, that's the difference in where we're at as a company. It's like you're not seeing Billie Jean six years ago where I'd do anything for a buck because right. I needed it. Like People are like, I had hard-earned money, but they literally put me on a wait list and made me fill an application, and I just got over it. Exactly. We don't want to can work with you. Yeah. That's like the point of if, the process. If that, like, if that was all it yeah, took, for yeah, you, we're like... not interested. So, but they, it's just funny, man. Well, dude, I appreciate this, man. This is good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's boil it down. One thing, sure. one like networking tip, like one thing that you would say, hey, if you implement this into your life tomorrow, you will start to see some more success with this. If I had to pick a look at 2018 right now, today thing, you always got to follow the trends. Trends will bring you a lot of success if you can get on top of one. One trend that's happening right now is people are realizing the importance of video. And it's been happening for a little bit now, but the thing is, is a lot of people still aren't using them in their business. And so something that everybody that's listening right now can do if you're trying to get in front of that person is make them a good video. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know how to make videos, but you don't have to. Go to a website like upwork.com, fiverr.com, and have someone, you can look at their portfolios, their resumes, the videos they've done in the past, and literally have them do it. And they'll do it for like cheap. And you just kind of broker that and be the middle person there. And there you go. Yeah. You found a way in. So I would say that's a pretty cool tip but to get in front of these for entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. Everyone needs videos. And that's a pretty good way to get in front of them is leverage video. And you don't even have to be able to make videos. Dope. Appreciate it, bro. Let's Dope. go to move on to this is the last segment. Just the random round. Sure. A few really quick random yeah, questions yeah. with some random answers. Ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? <laughs> hip hop dancer. I love dancing. <laughs> Dance is fun. I'm even our music. Like if you ever watch our videos, yep. if anyone watch and watches our videos, listen to the sound. I'm like obsessed with like the way that the video and the sound coordinate. Sound That's like my entire thing. Like it's, <laughs> if you watch all our videos, sound dictates every story we tell. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present, talk to them for an hour, who'd it be? Why? It's funny because Rob Dyrdek was my guy and then I got to actually do it. Oh, <laughs> so it was it was cool. And because he built his company, you know, it would change who's on that bench based on the problem I was currently facing. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was like a relationship challenge, I'd probably want to talk to the person who's had like the happiest relationship of their lives. Yeah. And it would consistently shift based on where I was at. That's fair. Yeah. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? I liked a lot of like YouTube videos while I'm falling asleep late at night. Like, I like to watch interviews and lessons like that. At nighttime, I actually retain a weird amount of information. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. My morning routine is not very like most of the people's yeah. <laughs> that I do. I actually, people are like, never touch your phone when you wake up because it will stress you out. Well, if your business is running in a chaotic fashion where things are happening all the time, <laughs> then yes, it will stress you out. And it sounds like you have some internal operation that you need to change. <laughs> but for me, I'm excited about my work. I like to see what new opportunities are there and like log into shit and yeah, see yeah. what happened on campaigns. So I work from my bed for like an hour and a half sometimes just going through it. Yeah. And then I have two assistants. Um, they kind of do different roles. 
and they'll give me, one of them will send me the numbers for the day, like what happened the previous day. So I get to evaluate those, have a conversation. Then I get to talk about my schedule coming up for the day. And sometimes I veto things. <laughs> you yeah, know, if I right. don't like them. Right. So I'll do a numbers report of that. And then I come into the office. We do a morning huddle up with the team. That's just a temperature check and a culture check. And right, we just kind of get everybody the same. It's like half the reason I asked that question is to get people to understand that, like, look, you don't have to do, like, Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning no, to make a million dollars. And if you do do that, yeah. it does not mean that you will make. And you listen, take 38 ice baths a day. You're not going to be it, Tony Robbins. Right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, like, guys, sometimes I wake up. And the first thing I do is I turn on my Xbox and I play video games. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but also, too, where guys, like, remember where I'm at my business, you know? I'm not, right. like, right. just getting up, trying to figure out where my next sale is coming from because a lot of those things were sacrificed. But now I'm at, yeah, if I play video games religiously. Yeah. What is your go-to pump-up song? <laughs> yeah, that changes. But, like, to give you an idea, it depends on the energy I'm feeling. Like, today my song was the f***ing song from Gladiator. <laughs> like where the he, one like, where he's he, talking no where he sees his uh, kids like he meets with his family at the end uh, it's not a pump of song at all. it's very like like ooh, yeah get you, you in know? your feelings bro. yeah get you yeah. Yeah, get you in your feelings for sure <laughs> so like that was my song today i mean i played it in the morning huddle up like it's just like yeah. you know so whatever i'm feeling man you'd be changing all my moods what is one thing that you're just not very good at oh my god this list is so long <laughs> i am so incredibly bad at handwriting and like crafty things yeah like opening <laughs> things and packages or using scissors or like i'm the worst like ask karen downstairs i'm always like karen can you open this like i just yeah. like can't build things and put them together like i'm horrible with that so we got everything wrapped up here man what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most man we got a lot of content y'all Right now, we, we do a lot on Instagram. I'm very That's personally right. involved in IG. So follow us on Instagram, Billy Jean is Marketing. Uh, it's the same thing on Facebook and YouTube. And, uh, you know, get sucked into our world, you know. Billy, Billy Jean is Marketing anywhere. Yeah. Go search it and you'll find <laughs> Watch Billy this. Jean Actually, everyone, go to yeah. BillyGeneisMarketing.com. The second you go there, you'll be pixeled. You will never stop seeing my yeah. ads for the rest of your life. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Billy, really appreciate you coming on the show today, brother. Really had a blast. It's been real, man. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate the opportunity. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to TravisChapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.